As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Have you seen, I know you don't care, but have you seen computer projections about this team? Uh, no, I haven't. I heard there, someone told me that we're projected to be under 500. So that's pretty good because we were 500 last year with a shitty team. So I like our chances to be better than their projections this year. That's Lance Lynn speaking the truth. And he does plenty of that on this edition of the White Sox Talk podcast brought to you by Wintrust. Hey, everybody, it's Chuck Garfine here in Glendale, Arizona for White Sox spring training. And if you want to know the attitude, the mindset, the emotions of this White Sox team, not only last year, but this year at the start of spring training, Lance is the perfect guy to talk to. He's the veteran leader of the pitching staff, and he had a lot to say in our conversation. Among the topics, what he's telling his teammates about what it takes to win and how they need to come together as a team. Why everything went south last year. More on the computer projections. We have the White Sox winning somewhere between 74 and 79 games. His thoughts on the Guardians, who celebrated their division title by mocking the White Sox. We talk about the new rules, like the pitch clock and the shift. And Lance gives a message to the White Sox fans who are feeling pretty negative about their team right now. Lance Lynn tells it like it is. And the White Sox Talk podcast is coming your way. White Sox, White Sox, go, go, White Sox. That ball hit deep, way back. Deep to the Holy cow. Carlton Perez has put the White Sox ahead. Jimenez leaves the ballpark. You can put it on the board. Yes. We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, Lance Lynn, uh, Brownsburg, Indiana. What is the deal with the people who grew up there in the late 90s, early 2000s? I don't know what was in the water, what was going on, but you guys were in the Little League World Series. You go to the state championship and went 36-0 and your senior year. What was it about baseball and Brownsburg growing up? Uh, we had a good window there. Uh, there's no other way to say it. Now, like, all the cornfields that we would drive through and mess around in are gone, so I don't know. Maybe that was one of the causes. Um, you know, we uh, we had a good group. Even basketball-wise, you had Gordon Hayward was was there. Um, there was a couple other people that have had a good, you know, good careers in sports, too. So I couldn't tell you what it was, but that was, uh, that was what it was about when I was, say, 10 to 18 was baseball. Yeah, 36 and 0. Your senior year, you went 16 and 0. What was so special about those teams that you played on? I mean, when you look at the group of guys we had, uh, my class alone, I think had six to, or seven Division One players, um, and then the class below us had the um, similar amount. And then look at the class below them. Drew Storm was a big leaguer. 
and then in eighth grade, Tucker Barnhart was down in the eighth grade. So we had a we had a we had a good group, um, and we all kind of came up together. We grew up together. Um, even the kids that were younger, we all played with each other uh, growing up, uh, whether it was little league or you know travel ball and stuff like that. So it was just a good community. We got to know each other, and and we had some talent too. So that helped. So I want to ask you about the Little League World Series, and I was trying to figure how I asked this question. The pitch, are you still trying to deal and get over the pitch that you threw? Well, if you look at the rules now, I wouldn't even been in the game. So, I what do you been, mean? I would have been out of pitch count like 10, 10 pitches before, I think. So, uh, no, I think it's one of those pitches that kind of define who I was. You could that could be the last pitch you ever throw, or you could be a 12-year vet in the big league. So it depends on how you handle it, I guess. All right. So. It was a walk-off grand slam you gave up. See, I, I, I was... the last one either. <laughs> That's for sure. No, okay, that'll happen. But uh, I saw a video of it, and there's a shot of you after he rounds the bases, and it looks like you want to kill this guy. Yeah, I never saw him again, so it's lucky for him. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, but yeah, I didn't like him, still don't. Uh, you know what happened to him? Um, I don't know if he even played past high school or in high school, so... Uh, no, I do not. Did that build a fire in you, having that happen to you? I uh, already had it, um, but like the the stages of going from then to junior high to high school, really, you know, there was a different. Uh, hey, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure I don't get beat, and then you're going to get beat. But as long as you're not okay with it, it's all right. Yeah. Is that when you really started learning about winning and losing, or did it come later, before, or has it been really an evolving thing for you? Um, you know, my dad growing up, it was always about, hey, how are you going to win the game you're playing? It's on how are you going to do personally or your personal stats. Um, you play a team game. How are you going to do everything you can to help your team win that day? Um, in that case, uh, I learned failure and losing on a national stage at 12. And I learned how to make sure that I'm going to do everything I can not to let that happen again. Not going to happen all the time, but at least mentally you know what you're trying to accomplish every day, and that's beat the other guy. Yeah. Skipping ahead to this team, what are your emotions? What are the emotions in this facility after what happened last year and what you want to do this year? Uh, I think when you look at a whole, uh, the last two years, really, look, we lost in the first round of the playoffs. Um, we were a 90-plus win team. Um, we were more talented than we showed in the playoffs. Last year we showed up, we don't even make the playoffs. So if you don't use those two failures to your advantage here, then this year's going to pass you up too. So, uh, you know, you try to tell uh, kids that are, I guess they're kids, they're all grown men, but guys that are younger than you, that nothing's for granted in this game. You not, might not have a chance to make the playoffs again no matter how talented you are or things like that. So you better show up every year or the next guy's going to pass you, the next team's going to pass you. The next thing you know, you're um, on the back end of your career. You haven't been to a World Series. Um, you have a couple individual stats, but what's that matter when you are when you go home and you don't have anything to look at? Um, you know, a lot of these guys don't have that. I've gotten luxury of having a World Series early in my career, and every offseason when I'm at home and the World Series being played, I look at that and say, I failed the season, and that's the truth. Have you shared these sentiments with your teammates? Yeah. But we're in an age of individuals in the me era of showcase baseball and things like that. So until people learn how to play the game as a team and everybody comes together, that's going to be the case. And you have that with every team in baseball. You come, you have 40-man rosters and things like that, um, and figure out how you're going to develop into a team each season because no season's the same. And if you think it is, then 
you know, that's when you get kind of kind of bit by another team that figures out something new that year. Do you feel like last year's team didn't really play together like the team that it's capable of? I think last year you saw the worst of everything starting off with injuries. It's impossible to come together as a team when you never have your team on the field. So um, we had bad luck, injuries, um, you know, more bad luck, injuries, went on a streak where we were decent, and then some more bad luck and more injuries. So I think all in all, that gives you a different uh, mindset coming in this year. How are we going to deal with the bad luck? How are we going to turn it? Injuries are going to happen. Who's going to step up? And then when, you know, the next wave of bad luck happens, how are we not going to allow it to, to, to override our season? And then when you get on a heater, you ride it. You never went on a heater last year. I was. We were all waiting for it. When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? That next injury seemed to happen in the middle or right when you felt like something was going to happen. And those are those years happen, unfortunately. Yeah. But you can't just sit here and say, "Oh, we're going to be healthier this year. Everything's fine." Either we still got to figure out, hey, what are, what about last year? Can we improve on um, even our even the things we were good at last year? How can we make those better? Things we were bad at. How can we improve those? So all in all, at the end of the year, we're having a better year, not only individually but as a team. We were talking at the end of the season, and you said that usually on the teams that you play on that don't make the playoffs, everyone comes back hungrier the next year. The position players, at least I would say half of them are only here, so you don't have a full squad. But amongst the players who are around, are you feeling, are you sensing that hunger? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the pitching staff, all in all, we've got a lot of guys that are either trying to prove things or trying to, uh, you know, show that they're here to stay. Um, so, yes, that, that hunger is there, that drives there. Um, the position players that are here are ready to go. They're ready to do everything they can to help us win. And I know the guys that are, are not here yet are doing everything they can, um, you know, personally to make sure they're ready to go. And with the new staff, uh, the new things that are being asked of people, it's going to be a different camp. Once everybody gets their feet under them in that, uh, category. I think it's going to be fun to watch us play games and see a, uh, you know, hopefully a, a lot better product than we put on the field last year. Have you seen? I know you don't care, but have you seen computer projections about this team? Uh, no, I haven't. I heard there. Uh, someone told me that we're projected to be under 500. So that's pretty good because we were 500 last year with a shitty team. So I like our chances to be better than their projections this year. Yeah, I've seen anywhere from 74. To 79, and that would fire me up, to be honest with you. Well, in my my third year here, they haven't been correct in any of them so far. So uh, hopefully we make sure they're not correct again, but definitely on the way higher side than whatever they have. I look at the stats, just the stats, and that's not everything. But I look at the stats from last season. I don't know how you won 81 games. (laughs) I mean, seriously, how did that team win 81 games considering the injuries and the underperformance? Um, it, to be honest with you, it shows how talented we are. Uh, you know, all in all, maybe besides Cease, everyone had a year that they could probably say, hey, I should have been better. Um, so to be at 81-81 with health, um, some guys not doing uh, maybe the things that they're capable of because of health or certain things that go on, it puts you in a spot where, hey, all right, we, we didn't play our best baseball last year. We were a 500 team. So how can we figure out how to be better from there, but stay healthy and then see where it takes us as the year goes on here? BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Did you happen to see what the Cleveland Guardians did after a few of them? A few of them did after they won the title the division title in their celebratory clubhouse. They said a couple of things that came out on social media. Did you hear about this? Oh uh, yeah, you're not not going to hear about them. But they won a division, so they can say whatever they want. Um, our goal this year is to come back and try to win a division because that's the first step to getting in the playoffs and winning a championship. So uh, we have to do our part. And then uh, you know, in this game, whoever wins the division wins it all. Can say whatever they want. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. For those wandering, they said F the White Sox and fire Tony. <laughs> just uh, you know, just chanting what our fans chanted. Um, so when it's all said and done, we brought that on ourselves by not playing up to our standards. What do you think about the new rules? They seem to be a big, well, they are, a big topic of conversation, and I'm wondering how big of a change it's going to be. But for someone like yourself who's a pitcher, what do you think about them? Um, I think first of all they're going to be interesting at the beginning because it's new right so figure out how um, you can make sure that it doesn't take away what you're trying to do on the mound or how you're going to execute pitches Um, when you look at certain things of the rules there's ways that you have to do it as a competitor how do you find the edge or find the competitive edge for yourself and that's part of it so it's going to be kind of evolving see how things go in spring training see how it feels um, what works what doesn't work Um, you know, it's all said and done. We want to speed up the game, so I guess so fans don't have to sit there as long. But it's going to be interesting when they don't buy as much merchandise and stuff and, and beer shorter. So um, I don't know. But when it's all said and done, I think it's going to help speed up the game. Um, there's going to be less lag time and things like that that happen as the course of games go on in those innings. But as a pitcher. You know, it's you versus the hitter, so figure out he's got to deal with the same thing, so figure out how to uh, mentally make sure that, you know, you try to have the advantage because whoever's going to go through it, it's whoever's going to have the, the sharper mind of, about beating the other guy. And you said something interesting that I was hearing from certain hitters about the pitch clock. Everyone thinks it's going to be tough on the pitchers, and you're like, no, no, it's the hitters, right? Control when everything starts, whether it's quick, slow, in the middle. They have to be in the box waiting on us. Think about just standing in the box waiting for a guy to start. Is he going to start at 8? Is he going to start at 1? Is he going to start at 5? When's he going to do it? How's he going to do it? Um, so it's obviously our advantage. Now, how are you going to make sure you do that by not speeding yourself up and making bad pitches is the real question. Are you someone, I, mean, I think at your age you're probably not like this, but maybe at a younger age when things would kind of speed up on you, and then you would pitch slow, right? Is that for, Could the pitch timer be more of an issue with the younger pitchers? I think both. I think guys go quicker when it's not going well and guys go slower when it's not going well. It just depends on who you are. Um, there was times in, in your career where you go slower 
whether it's the game speeding up or you're not having success that day, you don't feel good, or you have an, you know, an injury thing that you're trying to just get through that day. So um, there's going to be, you gotta, you're going to have to handle things a different way. And then there's guys that get on the mound and things are going everywhere and they just grab the ball and throw it as hard as they can, as quick as they can. So that's not, this isn't going to matter to them, but guys who, you know, guys who got something aching and things like that are just going to have to, you know, hey, you don't get that extra five seconds or something like that. You got to throw the ball. There were times last year where ground balls would go through the infield, and I would kind of wonder how that happened because of the shift. So I'm guessing you're a fan of the shift going away. Yeah, I mean, when it's all said and done, that's the way the game was meant to be played, in my opinion. Um, I understand, hey, we want to take hits away. I mean, I don't see the numbers exactly, but batting average on balls put in the play didn't change drastically. So I'm under the, um, hey, this is how it's supposed to be played. Let's play it. Let's let um, superior defensive players uh, be relevant again in this game um, because there's a lot of guys that were really good players that got pushed out of the game because the shift pushed them out of the game. And I, it's like every sport. There's guys that have their craft all the way around, and this is going to bring back the defensive craft of things, which is fun. Seeing guys making diving plays and stuff like that is fun. Seeing the ball hit hard, one-hopping someone where they're not supposed to be is not fun. Just a few more questions. One is about the World Baseball Classic. So Kendall Graven was talking here a couple of days ago. He's going to be your teammate on the U.S. team. He got emotional about it, teared up. I mean, that's more about who he is. He's an emotional guy, but... Do those patriotic feelings enter your mind and your heart knowing that you're going to be playing for your country? Oh, definitely. Um, when you look at, well, for me, I had the, the opportunity to play in college, on College Team USA, which was awesome. But when you're 19, 20 years old, you don't quite um, grasp what you're doing. Um, you know, it's cool. It's You're honored. Um, you're having a great time doing it. But then you... The older you get, the more you see things, the more people you meet yeah. and things of that nature, you get a totally different respect for representing the country. Um, not saying you didn't then, but you definitely understand it more, obviously, the older you get. So I'm definitely excited. Having that opportunity again, being able to put on that jersey again, I get to kind of, you know, relish that moment again where before I should have I should have then, but I was a college kid and was dumb. No other way to say it. <laughs> Um, but now I'm, I'm really looking forward to having that opportunity again. You know, my kids are going to be able to see it, things of that nature. So I'm, I'm excited. As a non-baseball player, as a sportscaster, as a fan, I look at the World Baseball Classic, and I'm always torn. I'm like, all right, you guys are supposed to be training for a season and your max effort right out of the gate. And where do you sit on that? Clearly, this is not an issue for you because you're playing, and but you see why people are kind of torn about it. Yeah, I mean, all in all, the, the the mindset of you show up to spring training to get in shape or do things of that has been gone for a long time. Um, you show up to your mech. When you get on the mound and the hitter's in the box, if you say that you're not in max effort, you're lying. Like, you're going to you're going to give the effort you need to get that guy out. There's going to be a different adrenaline. Now, in that stage, the adrenaline's going to go up, yes, but if you train the way you're supposed to and do the things you're supposed to in the offseason, it wouldn't be any different than a spring training game. Okay. And one last thing, it's really about this team. And in the offseason, if you judge social media and just talking to fans, they're negative about the team. They have concerns and they are skeptical about what you guys can do. What would you say to the fans out there who think that you guys will have another rough season? 
Well, I mean, you look, even some of our writers have given us Fs in the off-season grades and things like that. So when it's all said and done, our job is, with whatever team we have, figure out how to make be the best possible team we can. We have talent. Um, right now we have health, and we need to figure out how to put those together to make sure we're the best team possible. And we're pretty much the we're similar team to what we came into spring training last year, and we were supposed to win the division. So to say, hey, uh, this team's going to be worse than last year, you know, obviously you're going drastically one way or the other. So let's just see what we what uh, product we bring to the table. Let the new coaching staff get in here and see what they're about and what they can bring to help each individual become the best player they can, and then we'll go from there. All right, plenty of thoughts, opinions, and wisdom. From Lance Lynn, uh, that is the general attitude, by the way, of this team. Uh, just about everyone had a crappy season last year. Even Lance, I mean, he missed the first two months of the season, came back, and the knee just didn't seem to be right for a while. He had a 7.5 ERA after seven starts. And then he found his groove. In his last 14 starts, he had a 2.52 ERA and looked very much like the pitcher we know, and yeah, he's not promising anything this year. How can you? You never know where a baseball season's going to go. But from his experience, he knows how crappy, or as he put it, how shitty last year was. And they still won 81 games. They lost Jose Abreu. They might not have much of Liam Hendricks, by the way. Yasmani Grandal said he spoke to Liam Hendricks, and Hendricks has been telling him, I'm going to pitch this year. I'm going to pitch this year. So store that in the back of your mind. Maybe he comes back, and that would be amazing. But if this White Sox team can turn a worst-case scenario season, like they had last year, into something better, something even much better, this team's going to make a lot of noise. Again, no guarantees, but I'm feeling pretty good. Again... These are just words. Comes down to actions, and Lance certainly believes a new team and a much better season is on the horizon. Now it's up to them to make it happen. And that is a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk podcast. My thanks to Lance Lynn coming on the pod and all of you for listening to the podcast brought to you by Wintrust, your own for White Sox, checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to their special White Sox webpage. It's www.wintrust.com slash Sox. Hawk Harrelson. Take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.